Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Casey. We're going to take a few minutes. We're going to take a look at the market. It's a big show. Um, this is going to run a little long today. I'll warn everyone because, you know, what we're going to talk about is uh, not only the market update, but we're going to talk about preparing your house, which is really, really important. Um, and it's not just now. So I met with somebody. They're not selling for five years. But a lot of stuff had to be done, you know, over that five-year period of time. And we had schedules and time and everything like that. But, but um, you know, whether you're going to sell in a month or five years, you really should call in us or a real estate team that you work with and have them go over what you should transition into. A home is a, is a traditional setup. We get comfortable in it. We're there for 15, 20 years, sometimes more. We get very comfortable with the way it's set up. We're 50, 60, 70 year old sellers. The buyers are 30. This is not what they're looking for. When you sell, you must be in a transitional state. And, um, and there's a phase at which you can get there. Uh, the good news is for every dollar you invest, um, you get back seven to $10. So whether you're gonna sell in a month or in five years, you really should talk to either call us. I usually show up. Not, I've got six or seven, you know, top producing agents that have been with me through all of this. So they'll come out and help out. But we'll say what should be done and what should not be done. I mean, one time they called us in, they were, uh, Michael and Sons were going to put in $180,000 worth of kitchens and bathrooms. And their kitchens and bathrooms were superior to anything that on the market. So, you know, I told the guy to waste the money on a boat, you know, at least, you know, it's throwing money away, but at least you can have a little fun. So, um, you know, call us in your house. We'd be happy. Don't, we don't have to sell. We'll be in business for a long time. So you don't have to sell right now, but just, just call us in and we'll help you out with this. So let's go ahead and switch over. Let's take a look at where the market's at right now. Um, is the market coming back? Are the buyers out there? Are the interest rates coming down? Yes. Definitely yes. And yes. Okay. So... Market's coming back. <clears throat> Inventory's not there yet, but it's coming. Uh, the buyers are definitely out faster than the sellers, which is why we sell in January, February, and March. Um, you know, you're seeing seven contracts presented on a home. You're seeing 25 people at open houses. You're seeing very little inventory. Um, and we're going to talk about that. Okay, so let me, let's switch over and let's go to our, our little, let's go over here and get to, uh, where are we? Let's go over here. Okay. So I would say, put the paintbrush down. Do not paint that house and don't do any fix-ups until we get there, okay? Um, colors have to be current colors. Um, we've been in houses that have been painted red skin colors, that have been painted canary yellow, brand new, fresh paint. That is not what the buyers are looking for. Let us come in and select. Now, let me just say this. When we're talking about painting, you can't just whitewash a house with one color. You need to be very thoughtful about the characteristics of the house. You can't violate the characteristics of the house. You need to blend with the characteristics of the house. So this is not a come in and throw a edge comb on the whole house. Um, sometimes that works, but in most cases, you need to stay with the personality of the home. We don't want to be out of out of line. So let's let's take a look at at the. We're going to get to those tips, those five tips, and um, but first we're going to take a look at the market. As we always do, what percentage of the homes is under contract currently? And that will tell you whether who's in control of the market, the buyers or the sellers. 
So in here, you'll see it's a seller's market in Arlington. McLean is, is, is historically low. They're always low. So I don't really look at them as an indicator. Um, they overprice them. Um, there's always inventory sitting on the market. I, I really object, but it, it, there's nothing you could do. Vienna right now. So 86% of the homes that are not, 86% of the homes are on the market. Now there's a few more on the market, but they're so overpriced. There's really only one home I see active that's that's accurate and, and well-priced. But so really, this is a massive seller's market in Vienna, Oakton, Oak Hill, Reston, Centerville, Ashburn. And then we get out to Haymarket and Dominion Valley and Aldi. And I'm going to I'm going to dissect one of those markets for you and show you why this is uh, here in a minute. But, you know, basically, we're kicking off the year in a massive seller's market in most of these markets. Um, you know, most of the markets we work in, Oakton being Oak Hill, Reston and all of that. So we're going to dissect this. So we have in Vienna, let's take Vienna as a market. We have deal or no deal. So you've got a bunch of houses that are coming on the market. And in this case, what is it? Two, four, six, eight, ten. So we've got 10 houses that are coming on the market. Well, we have meetings. We have inventory meetings with our agents that work there because we need to know. We need to know what these houses are worth because we have buyers. So a house comes on on Wells Street. And, and I'm not going to do this all the time because I don't want to bash houses. This comes on a Well Street. It's on the market for 1.775. I've got it, its value at 1.95. Goes under market immediately. I mean, immediately it goes under market. It's 175,000 under price. Why was that? They overpriced last fall. They didn't get it. They got in the death spiral. They came off the market at 1775. Boom, that's what they came back on the market with. And that's what they got. In my opinion, it's almost $200,000 less than they should have got. So again, price it right, do it right the first time, and you don't get clipped like this. The other house, Clover Meadow, okay, they've got on for 1.35. I think it's worth 1362, which is good, right? Now, these are customary numbers that I'm throwing out, customary numbers. So these homes, five of the or six of these homes that are on the market are coming on the market. There's only one active. The others are coming soon, two active. You can see they're all priced pretty much where they should, right? This is 13, uh, this is priced 13,000 under what I think it's worth, 5,000 under what it's worth. This is right on the number where I would put it. Um, there's a little over and a little over, but not significant. Look at these other four down here. So um, this home came on, it's built in 1980, it's 2,500 square feet. That's what its assessment is. They put on a 125, it's worth 1.1 million, right? We need to know that. We need to we need to really know that, right? So, you know, sometimes I'll talk to sellers. I say, I see when you bought your house, did you overpay for it? Did you underpay for it? And, and I will tell you that four out of five times I say we overpaid for this house. We got involved in a bidding war. We overpaid for it. We need to know the value. I also need to know if that sucker goes under contract at that number, then the premiums are still live, right? They're asking for $150,000 premium, $160,000 premium, $200,000 premium. So that's what it's worth. That's what it's on the market for. So we need to see, did they get it? If they get it, like I knew Wells was going to sell right away and it didn't. How's the rest of these going to do? We do this every week, right? How are the rest of these doing? Are they going under contract? We need to know that for both buyers and sellers. Can I get away with something like this? Pretty much 40% of the homes are um, withdrawn, unsold. 
And as you can see, there's the six and there's the four. So chances are these four, unless they've got, unless they put $250,000 worth of stuff in their backyard, or, you know, they've done something miraculous to that house, it ain't worth those numbers. So we need to look at that. And then, and then let's go back. So that's why I say that 86% of the homes are really under contract because the other ones are just 150, 200,000 overpriced. So that's a waste of time. But we have other markets, right? Let's look at Haymarket. This kind of, it doesn't surprise me because a lot of times it's, it's you know, um, homes are overpriced, but they're not always overpriced. Let's, let's just, let me take you off the grid. And hopefully you can see what I'm looking at right now, which is a spreadsheet and it's how we analyze markets. So this, I took Dominion Valley out of Haymarket. And it's clear in here that, you know, I have homes that are under contract. I have homes that are still active. I have homes that went through, homes that, are, that have closed. So the, the homes that closed sold at about 112% of their assessment on average, some higher, some lower. The ones that withdrew were at 125%. So that tells me these people just overpriced their house, right? And this is not, this is not indicative. This is the way the market works, right? In Vienna, by the way, if we go back, let me go back real quick. See these numbers over here? The home, these numbers uh, indicate the percentage of assessment. So in this case, the average percentage of assessment that these homes are listed is 118%. The homes that I'd say are going to sit there and not sell are listed at 134%. That is May or April of 2022. That is not January 2023. That's your number, right? So we look, oops, 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 sorry. We look over here to, to, to dissect what's going wrong, right? All right, well, here's the houses on the market. They're all pretty lower priced houses. They're on for 116% of assessment, and the ones under contract are also at 116% of assessment. So what does that tell you? Well, this tells me that their problem isn't pricing. Their problem is condition. So these homes were built in 2002 to 2006. They were built in that period where you still use brass, you still use certain kind of things in the kitchen, and you, know, you still have hardware and lighting fixtures that were from 2002. Right, it's 2023. Some homes have been updated. These, some homes have not. These. So, what are we going to do when we list a house and we're listing it at the right price and it's not selling because we didn't put it in the proper conditions? So that's what we're going to talk about today. So, so there's really five tips that that we want to talk about. And again, these are tips that you can do tomorrow if you're going to sell in three or four or five years. You can start working on this list right now. Right. So Julie prepared, it looks all fancy. Obviously, I didn't do this, Julie did, right? So let's look at number one, the, the interior paint is important. It needs to be current, but like I said, it needs to flow with the rest of the house. If 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 the house is, is set up in one motif or one look, you can't just change the whole damn thing and uh, and whitewash it out. It's just not gonna look right. So, so we need to look at the paint. We need to look at current paints. Yes, they're... Um, you know, grages and things like that and certain shades and colors and calm and all the rest of that. So, but that's important. It's got to be fresh. It's got to look good. It's got to be current. Um, I'm going to show you some pictures of what it looks like when it's done and you're just going to, it's fascinating. So, so that's the first thing. But when you paint, you don't paint until six months before you're going to sell, 
right? No sense in painting five years before you're going to sell because then you have to do it all over again. The number one, the number two thing that we look at is hardware. So in, I can guarantee you if I go into look at all those homes that are still on the market, they've all got brass or gold hardware. They've all got the old lighting fixtures. They all look like 2002 or 2004, right? They have not been updated. They, you know, nothing's been done to them. But if you paint and you put that hardware on and then some lighting fixtures, man, it is money, absolute money. So bathroom updates. I'm going to show you some pictures that are going to be shocking here in a few minutes, but we don't redo bathrooms. We don't go in and try and rehab an entire bathroom, but we do certain things. Billy did something with a $2 million house where, you know, you'd walk into the bathroom. That's not a $2 million bathroom. That's a builder grade, not a good looking bathroom. But if you just painted the cabinets and you just put on some, some uh, quartz countertops and you had some brush nickel or uh, brush gold, um, plumbing fixtures and some, oh my gosh. So I'm going to show you some pictures of how you can do this without spending a ton of money, right? We don't want to, if you're going to sell within the next three or four years, do not redo your whole bath. There are touches you can do. Don't do it. Same with the kitchen, right? So we walk in, we've got maple cabinets. They're nice. We're not going to paint them, but they have uba tuba countertops. Boom, pop those out and put some quartz countertops in there. The whole thing changes if those quartz countertops go in or the lighting fixtures. You know, there's certain lighting fixtures that are not expensive. So quartz, is it expensive? Yeah, seven, $8,000. What's it going to return? Fifteen dollars to $20,000. So, so is that worth it? Yes. Is it worth redoing the entire kitchen for $55,000? The answer is no. If you're going to sell within the next five years, the answer is no. Don't do that. That's why we tell everybody, have us out. We'll look at it. We'll give you the tips that are going to pay for themselves. But, you know, we're not going to dump $100,000 in a house and only get back 50. All right. So number five, and this is what people should be doing right this second. Everybody should be, everybody should be doing this. I should be doing that. Get off the damn computer and go, go do it. They need to start decluttering right? Everybody's got clutter. And, and it's very tough when you, you know, I've got to sell within the next 60 days, and then you're trying to declutter 30 years of stuff and two weeks and like, oh my God, I'm telling you, it will kill you. If you have an extended period of time before you're going to sell, please go in and declutter, get all the knickknacks, get the stuff, get it out of the basement. You know, I will tell you that some people will take furniture and put it in a, a storage shed or, you know, self-storage thing. And they'll spend $600, $800 a month for three years. Could cost $25,000. The furniture is not worth $2,000. Don't do that. Don't stick a bunch of furniture in a, and pay to have it stored. You know, furniture is just, you know, when they say you drive your car out of the showroom, it loses its value, right? Well, when you drive, when you take furniture out of the showroom, it loses 90% of its value. You're not going to recover it. You're not going to get it. The kids don't want it. Nobody wants the China cabinet. Nobody wants the China, right? Don't pay to store it because nobody's going to want it. So really, I think what everyone needs to do is they need to go now, whether you're selling or not, and start transitioning your house by first getting rid of all the clutter, okay? And, and the window treatments. The window treatments are old. And I mean, that's a traditional look. We all have, see those windows? 
that's the way it should look. You, you let the sun shine in. If you want to put plantation shutters on for some privacy, that's fine. But remove the knickknacks. Get rid of the window treatments. You know, to be honest with you, what we do is we get rid of the screens to for pictures and showing and the windows look more beautiful. And a lot of people, you know, you'll walk into a house and they'll have shears, they'll have curtains, they'll have uh, uh, screens, they'll do everything in the world to keep that sun out of the house. And what we want is sun in the house. Get rid of the curtains, get rid of the shears. Mom had shears. Even my mom had shears. I didn't have shears. So get rid of the shears, get rid of the knickknacks, all the large furniture, thin it out. You're going to start buying new furniture anyways. I know you're comfortable in the big, you know, big, huge chair and all that stuff. Uh, get a stress, stressless chair, stress-free chair, whatever. Man, I fall asleep in that every day. So, you know, you can transition your house now. So, you know, life is short, right? Let's just you might want to start transitioning your house from that traditional look to the transitional. And if you come in and we're getting ready to put your house on the market, you know, we'll put that thing in overdrive, right? We have, we have movers that'll come in and we're just tagging furniture and it's gone. This is gone. This is gone. This is gone. This is gone. So we come in like, um, like an Israeli army We're we're moving things and, and getting things done, right? We're the Marines. So so we can do that and we can bring in the painters and bring in all that. But if you do have more time, again, we'll come out and set a schedule of things you should do this year, next year, the year after that, and then finally you're ready to go. But I would just say this, that don't cheat yourself. You know, don't cheat yourself. Don't, don't live in a traditional house. If you, I, every time, every time a seller says this, I wish we had done this five years ago. Everybody says that. So let's do it now. Call us out. I don't care if you're selling. I'll still be working in five years, I think. God willing, I'll still be here for 10 years. So this is what we walk into. This is what a traditional house looks like. The carpets are all this kind of carpet and the lights are like this. And, you know, they're all gold and and the paint is two-tone and, and the carpet is, you know, see how dingy, see how much stuff is in the windows. The windows aren't clean. They got Look. This house went from that to that, right? This is what we're looking for. We're looking for clean, nice paint, the cages in the dining room, or I'll show you another example, or the drums. But this is what it needs to look like. And this didn't cost that much. I mean, I can guarantee you, because I know this transaction, that these people put in like $8,000 and they even did carpet and all and made at least $120,000 more, at least. Um, and they didn't have a home inspection on a 1969 house. So this is exactly what we're looking to do. Now, this is that bathroom, okay? So this is a bathroom that was in a $2 million house and it had the gold and it had, you know, you can even see the, the shower over there. That was gold and you can see old Billy taking pictures of it, right? So what he did was he painted the cabinets, changed the hardware, put some countertops on it, and that's what it looked like. This to this. Now that is a bathroom, and all, I, all they did was paint these cabinets, put some new software on, put some uh, uh, brushed gold, put this brushed gold on, and I'll tell you why we use brushed gold is because we weren't going to spend $10,000 to fix that bath and, and remove all that gold 
um, uh, shower. Um, so we, we, we blended it in with this cool, awesome new colors. So when the new people come in, all they got to do is just replace that door. But this looks like a $2 million bathroom. And you can see, in just using the right fixtures, we went from, you know, that to that and that and that. Billy did this. Billy did a great job. Morgan and Colby did that one, the one that we saw before. But, you know, all the agents do this. Kelly does it. Pat, they all do it. So, you know, this is the way we want our house to kind of be presented. This is the kind of drum that you're looking for. And most of you, when you go to, this is what's called a cage. So the cage is in the kitchen, kitchen uh, uh, breakfast area. This goes in dining rooms. See how the hardware changes? If this was all gold, it dates the house, right? So it dates the house. So you want to, you know, the, the two things that we always do that, that are critical and we don't even think twice about are we recommend paint, we recommend hardware. And I'm telling you, it's a whole new house when you do that. The lighting fixtures, that's about $350. is about $300, $400 to do. Um, the carpets going from the old carpets to new, it's funny. Some of the Persian rugs could be worth $5,000. But if you put in a $350 rug from Wayfair, it's going to be a lot more um, appealing to, um, you know, it's going to be a lot more appealing to the buyer pool. Okay. So, so that's kind of a look at, you know, at what you need to do to prepare your house to get it ready. And, and, you know, a good realtor, uh, don't use your own painter. Use their painter. Uh, don't use, you know, your movers. Use use their movers. Why? Because you only move with them once every 13 years. We're their lifeblood, right? So let's talk about the last phase of this, preparing the house, okay? So there's three things we really need to, to think about. When are we going to sell? There's no inventory, so we're going to sell right now. How, you know, what are we going to price it at? We need to be realistic. We're in the 118s. We're not in the 132s. If you know, we were with a client that put in uh, $400,000 worth of updates in his house. It's a million-dollar house. So it's going to go for about 1.2, 1.25. He's not going to get it all back. He's going to get a portion of it back because he did it appropriately. So, so once we have the pricing and we have the pre preparing, the last phase is this. So from 2020 to 2022, the middle of 2022, we had like two home inspections at a couple hundred sales. Nobody would challenge us. Nobody would try and they all wanted the house. So they waived the home inspection. They waived the appraisal. Um, we make sure the house is in good shape before we list, right? So we want to make sure that we have everything checked. We bring in a home inspector. And he checks five, six main things. The foundation, got any damp mold coming in? What does the, the electrical systems look like? Heating and cooling, any issues with the plumbing? What does the roof look like, right? Those are the six main things that we want to focus on. So we have a home inspector come in and my instructions to the sellers are very clear. We're not hiding anything. If it's broke, we're going to fix it. We're going to do what it takes to make sure the home is in a good condition. We can pass that on to the new buyers. When that happens, 
then the realtors trust you, the buyers trust you, they know it's been inspected, and nine out of 10 times they're gonna wave off the home inspection. The difference between our home inspector looking at a house and their inspector looking at a house is night and day. Our home inspector is gonna go, these are things you gotta fix. Their inspectors go, oh my gosh, the, the electrical thing, they, they had a spark, this is a fire hazard. This is a fire hazard. That's what you're gonna get. Now I'm gonna tell you how I know why, because if somebody's gonna inspect that house, you got a 50-50 chance that they're gonna not go through the contract. See house coming back on the market all the time. If I'm a buyer, goes under contract, I'll wait. If they flunk that home inspection, I'm coming in. You know why? Because it scares the living heck out of all buyers. It doesn't scare me. We'll find out what was wrong. You know, these home inspectors do scare buyers unnecessarily. Now, let me tell you. So I had a realtor ask me what home inspector I use, right? So I use a guy named Bob Lamb, okay? Any of you can text me or email me, um, and I'll send you Bob's contact information. Bob gets it. He comes in, he does the inspection, he um, educates the seller, tells what we need to do, we fix it, he comes back, clean bill of health, very thorough report, and away we go. Bob's awesome. So if you don't have a home inspector that does a six-point inspection, I will guarantee you that that man has saved my sellers. I, I can't even talk about the hundreds of thousands of dollars that saved our sellers, right? The home inspection gives the buyers the sense of security that they can remove the home inspection contingency because they can rely on a report that the main things, hey, do we have other little household things we need to fix? You know, core, everybody does. It's a house. It's not new. If you want a new house, I'll put you in touch with John Sikas. He'll build you a new one for $2.1 million. But if you're going to buy this house that's 20 years old, it's going to have little things. It's a house. So, but the main systems need to be inspected. So, so I would say it's, it's one thing to prepare the house. It's an, but part of that preparation has to be, and don't give them, Hey, I got a receipt for this. And I got a receipt for that. And I got a receipt for this. You know what that tells them money pit. So you're signaling that you've got a money pit when you start giving them bills for everything you fixed or done. Right. So we don't, we don't want to do that. We just want to say, hey, this is new. That's new. This is new. This is five years old. This has got 10 years left life on it. Uh, there's no moisture in the basement. The foundation is sound. Because when they sign that contract, we want that contract to stick. Now, I will tell you that right this second, in our current market, we are in a seller's market. We have some, what I call Zillow realtors out there and they price houses at what Zillow would price them at or what the RPR, the Realtor Property Resource price them at. I have no idea why they're putting them on for 150 or 200,000. But in the fall of last year, 50% of the homes in Vienna went through unsold. Pricing. Today is, today is the partner with pricing and that's preparation. Price without preparation. Let me let me just let me see something here. Let me just see if I can pull something up here really quick. This is a house that we priced. Let's go to the summary worksheet. Let me show you something. 
So down here in the worksheet, it says customary is probably about 979,000. 940 is what it would be if it was in a traditional and, and 100, uh, 1 million 28. So the difference between these is about $75,000. What it would take to get from this number to this number is about seven to 8,000 bucks. So to go from transitional, which is pull down the curtains, get rid of the rugs, get some paint on the walls, get some good lighting fixtures in there, maybe a plumbing fixture or two. If I spent $10,000, would be a miracle. I don't think we even spend that. Let's say seven dollars to $8,000. We go from nine forty dollars to a million thirty. That's $90,000 difference. So nine grand in, $90,000 out, that's about right. So, you know, when you're going in for... Oh, you know what? I, I didn't show you my screen on that. I'm not going to go back online. Let me just say this. that the house I did yesterday, there was a $90,000 spread between the dated value and an updated value, right? So you got dated, you have customary, you have updated. So in order to go from traditional to updated, the value of the sale of that home would go up $90,000. Right, you do 120 a year, so trust me, it's going to go up ninety thousand dollars. It would only take nine thousand dollars to get from A to B. So when we talk about prepare. So, you know, preparation has a lot to do with pricing. Okay, so let's price it right, prepare it correctly, and let's get these things going. If you're thinking about selling, the time to do it is now. The only thing that could screw this market up is if a monster amount of coming soon properties come on the market. So what happened in 2016, we went from having two competitors to 40 competitors. At the, at the $1.5 million range in Vienna, we went from having two competitors to 40 competitors. And it happened like that. Yeah, trigger finger. That hurts. But I'm telling you, it can happen very quickly. So what we're telling our clients, these homes need to go on sooner rather than later. Don't wait until April, May, and, and June. Okay, it's gonna have a it's gonna have a nice seller's market, but when we get to June, the buyers go the buyers go to the beach and all the other sellers. Now everybody comes on the market. Before you know it, we look at July and you've got 40 houses on the market and you only got four under contract. We go from 60, 80% under contract to 10, 15, 20% under contract. If you're thinking about selling this year, let's do it now. The run-up in pricing, we are 25% higher than we were in 2020. It's the largest equity run-up we've had in the, since I've been in business in 1980, since I started in 1981. So a lot of people are going to want to start cashing out and going out on top. It's not the peak. It's about 5% higher. We're still about 25%, 30% higher than we were back in 2020. So you got a lot of equity in the houses. The time is to move. You know, big causes, death, divorce, um, downsizing, upsizing, uh, or relocating any of those issues don't wait until march april may give us a call right now and let's get on as quick as we can my name is casey sampson you can reach me at 703-508-2535 i cannot tell you how much i appreciate you people listening in i go to listing appointments i see people they tell me they like you know they like the updates and they really enjoy it so thank you for spending your time watching coffee with casey you can reach me at Casey at CaseySampson.com or 703-508-2535.
See you again next week. Bye now.